fellow lucky Martians. Welcome to episode number 14 of the Deep Dive Autobiography, I Am a Particularly Lucky Martian by Jay Crandall. If you're like me and you love word games, you'll love Don't End a Word. Based on a deceptively simple two-player word game I played in the car with my parents growing up, it is now available. My dad had the great idea of taking our support group to the Southeast Virginia Light Aircraft Fly-In and Ice Cream Social. The ice cream was delicious, hand-churned cones, and we were delighted when they offered to take survivors up in their planes and helicopters for a flight around town. I couldn't resist, much to my mother's concern, and soon I was given a helmet and strapped into the ultralight of one of the members. With a bumpy rumble, we roared down the grassy landing strip and took off. It was halfway peaceful and alarming as we zipped around above Gloucester. I giddily pressed my face to the windows and was shocked when, after a brief crackly tutorial, delivered through the in-helmet microphone slash speaker, he offered me the control stick. I accepted and began guiding our ultralight to the distant horizon that fancied me at the time, and then was even able to snap a photo of it to later shock and alarm my parents, a video of our landing, and then I was then shocked, and pleasantly so, to find my picture on the back fold of the paper. Our brain injury support group also started putting on an annual brain injury 5k. I was still using a cane, so my folks and I decided to show our support by just cheering on the racers and buying some of the barbecue they served afterwards. At the event, I ran into an old girlfriend of Steve's who was competing in the race when they were giving out medals and her name was announced. Our brain injury support group also started putting on an annual brain injury 5k. I was still using a cane, so my folks and I decided to show our support by just cheering on the racers and buying some of the barbecue they served afterwards. At the event, I ran into an old girlfriend of Steve's who was competing in the race when they were giving out medals and her name was announced. The next year, I decided that my dad and I should try to walk it, and we made it. The weather was fantastic yet again, and they served the same great barbecue sandwiches as before. The year after that, I was determined to run it, or at least as much of it as would be safely possible. To do so, we got both a brace for my right foot and shoes that would fit it. This was an incredibly difficult process, as it required a flat plane on which to rest the brace, and every shoe we looked at had a curvy bottom insole. After visiting at least five footwear supply stores unsuccessfully, my father remembered that his shoes had a flat bottom. We wear the same size shoes, so he asked me to try putting the insert into one of his shoes and trying them on. They fit. We purchased another pair, and after a few additional pads on the other foot to equalize fit, an evaluation, and a bit of medical-grade Sculpey from Sean, my physical therapist, I got a thumbs up. My Uncle Ken is an avid runner and recommended a wearable heartbeat monitor, as my heartbeat would spike with jogging from automatic system dysregulation, but would calm down after just a bit of walking. We practiced jogging and walking up and down our street, and when race day arrived, I felt ready. Ken, who was in training for the Boston Marathon, ran back to meet up with us after finishing to film our progress, jogging backwards in front of me. The weather was great, and with alternating jog-slash-walking bits, we managed to get to the finish line a second time. Thanks to Ken for filming our progress after finishing a distant first place, and to Jared for editing it. Some real surprises occurred during the medal ceremony, where I was shocked and elated to hear them call my name as well as that of my father and uncle. Later, I would learn that I was the only entrant in my age bracket. Still, I remain proud of the achievement. You may be familiar with the Jill and Kevin's Big Day wedding entrance video. 
I wanted to see if I could put a black metal song behind it. So I downloaded a BPM counter app and then did a search for extreme metal songs with that BPM. I found one being discussed and after downloading dubbing software, overlaid the audio onto the movie. It was perfect. I got into making electronic music in my high school days and upon seeing a video of Dub FX doing his live looping, I knew this would be the music production means for me. So I set about slowly assembling a left-hand oriented jury rig of a live looping studio in a window cubbyhole upstairs with all the things easy to reach with my left hand. I haven't done much recording, but I think I have finally managed to, through garage sales, Craigslist, and other retailers, manage to build a respectable music production studio in this little cubbyhole upstairs. Unfortunately, I haven't yet been able to put it into formal use, but I really hope to get my live session going soon. Although the concert did inspire my friend Cheek to assemble a looping rig of his own. And it's very important that I have it set up so that all the controls are easily accessible with my left hand, which I use almost exclusively in my music making. Cheek had already developed a pretty big collection of really great music he produced under his music making pseudonym, Shining Seconds, which you can listen to at bandcamp.com slash shining seconds. And it was great to see him making good use of the looper. I'm elated to discover all the fantastic synths that became available for free download with Moog and Korg partner with Apple to offer an incredible array of their synthesizers as free soft synths. While serving beer at a Dog Street pub event with Steve and Nadia, I asked the harmonica player there, Bobby Blackhat Walkers, whether I could effectively play with just one hand. He said I could, so I bought a harmonica and was surprised to learn that it was set with all the notes in the C major scale. I then hooked up a pretty elaborate live looping rig in a nook upstairs to his smartphone. Cheek did the same, and we had a blast collaborating over Zoom, and reliving our collaborations in college. You've been listening to Jay Crandall's Deep Dive Autobiography, I Am a Particularly Lucky Martian. A while ago, I decided to turn a collection of t-shirt design ideas, which innocently and covertly depict vulgar phrases, into t-shirts. Things like a man with a giant wooden golf club, a deer with a massive rack of horns, etc. To get one and snicker about it in the lunchroom, visit tinyurl.com slash secretly vulgar and check out tinyurl.com slash hidden animal sentences to see a list of hidden animal sentences I made with my mom in elementary school illustrated with the animal from that sentence hidden in the picture. My father is an avid tea drinker and during a work visit to Japan was exposed to an always ready hot water pot. Given the frequently with which he drinks tea, this would be a dramatic improvement, so we soon got one as well. A few years later, it died, and he reached out to the company to see if they would give him a replacement. They said they would, but wanted proof of the hot pot's destruction. They were probably looking for a picture of the dismantled hot pot, but my father had the idea of rigging up a big safe he found at a yard sale and videotaping it being dropped on the hot pot. He got a new hot pot from them shortly thereafter. Ferdinand also revealed himself to have created a bunch of music himself, but would not tell me his alias and would only give me tasty little snippets. He asked me if he could use one of my poems for lyrics to a song, and had an idea of the snippet he was looking for, but nothing else. Luckily, I still had all my high school student literature compilation books, so I pulled them out and sent him shots of them his way, and he grabbed a section for a lyric. When my mom qualified for a social security retirement at age 62, 
I also became eligible for adult child disability, which is for people disabled before their 22nd birthday. Since I was injured just weeks before I turned 22, we gathered all the old medical papers and doctor's notes and completed the disability application. A year and a half later, Social Security gave us a referral to a psychologist for an evaluation to see if depression, which could be addressed, was the underlying cause of my disability. I wasn't feeling depressed at all, and the psychologist was flabbergasted. He told us he would send them a strongly worded letter attesting to a disabling cognitive, physical, and visual condition from a gunshot to the brain. Within a matter of weeks, my disability was approved. The main reason for this assessment was the severity of my cognitive deficits in the area of memory. I had understood that I had a bad case of acquired CRS, but hadn't really gotten the severity of the problem until recently. One very strong reminder came when I was helping my mom make our incredibly simple peanut butter pudding cakes for the birds. It's an incredibly simple recipe that involves cooking one cup of oats, cornstarch, lard, and maybe a few other ingredients on the stove, and pouring the resulting goo into a big flat rectangular mold to harden. She was sitting at the table in the middle of the room with me at the stovetop, and then promptly forgot about it. My mother was unable to monitor the stovetop, and the resulting scorching only damaged a small portion of the pudding, and the pot was salvaged. Still, it was a good reminder of my deficits. I kick myself for not thinking to carry a fork. I have only recently realized how lucky I am to have a delicious homemade dinner most nights. My mother has conceded to allow me to photograph the various recipes she uses for our dinners and desserts, and walks us through their preparation. And my dad has given me access to his brewing folder. I am equal parts deeply grateful and apologetic for her putting up with the hassles of our culinary ineptitude. And a sushi joint opened up down the street, Jay's Sushi. Unfortunately, they shut down after Gloucester got another sushi joint, but then Food Lion started offering made-fresh sushi. That being said, the closest restaurant to us, probably less than a mile away, is Scoot's Barbecue, which just happened to be named Virginia's Best Barbecue. I was delighted when Gloucester opened its first brewery, that damn Mary, just down the street from us. And then one evening at our homebrew club, a man announced that he was in the process of setting up another brewery in Gloucester, fittingly titled Gloucester Brewing Company. I asked him whether he could use a few extra pairs of hands to help set up the brewery. He said he could use some help. He said he could use a few extra hands to help with the initial teardown, so a few days later, my father and I got to see the building they were starting with, and helped with tearing down some of the old architecture there. I got to see the plans and ended up in a display they created of photos taken that day. I try to do many of the household chores I am capable of, like my laundry, cleaning my bathroom, and vacuuming, which I have a recurring weekly alert on my phone to remind me of this fact, although it often requires a patient reminder from my mother. I actually enjoy vacuuming, and get a strong sense of satisfaction from the vacuuming process. I am incredibly pleased with our Shark Duo Clean Vacuum, as it vacuums quite effectively, and has a light to eliminate stuff you need to vacuum, and is quite easy to operate one-handed. I also water the blueberries, strawberries, sunflowers, tomatoes, and other plants back during the summer months, or carry the hose for my mom. I'm pretty lucky, because that's pretty much the extent of the non-plant, animal, or food prep-related labor extracted from me on a regular basis. Of course, I will help with all sorts of things when asked or if I happen to notice. I'm somewhat ashamed to say that I've never mowed the yard in my life. My father likes to do all the mowing 
although normally with a gas-powered lawnmower, as a form of exercise, and still uses a push mower. I also made sure to help clean the table after meals, and it seemed that whenever we had bread or some dish that required a slab of butter, I would inevitably end up with my thumb in that pad of butter as I was cleaning my plate. After the third or fourth time this happened, I realized that this was because of my injury. It paralyzed my right side, so I used the same hand to slap a pad of butter on my plate, as I did later to clear the table. You've been listening to episode number 14 of Jay Crandall's Deep Dive Autobiography, I Am a Particularly Lucky Martian. To see the Google Docs version of this with extra bits that didn't quite work in the podcast form, visit tinyurl.com slash luckymartian14. Many thanks to Google for providing the perfect medium to record this. Check out Don't End a Word in the App Store if you're like me and love word games. Thanks to Shining Seconds for composing the theme music. You can access their webpage at shiningseconds.bandcamp.com. See you next episode and stay lucky.